I tried to time out a fart that you could hear over the Zoom. Anyways, welcome back to another episode of Teen It Up. I'm your host, Connor. Don't ever do that again. At it. Don't ever do that again. Sorry. That, I, did someone say when we were together to get rid of the clap? No, they said you have to hear the clap because sometimes oh, you clap okay. too loud. Just that okay. individual uh, noise is, is just too much for my shitty computer to register. So okay, okay. make it All a quieter right. but, clap. Okay, anyway, so I'll go back to the clap next week. But we're back. Uh, Vladdy, what's going on, man? My co-host here with Tina It Up. Um, another week, how have you been since we last spoke? Uh, I've been pretty good. So past weekend uh, was kind of a little throwback to the past homecoming weekend for Michigan State. So I know you were there. Had basically most, if not all, of the friends that we kind of made over the four, four and a half years. If you were a loser like me who took extra semesters, um, most of the friends that we made were all there. Got to see him, which was nice. Um, had a fun tailgate. Uh, Michigan State played well. We can kind of get into that later. But I just know I had a good time seeing people that it's harder to see now. And that's something where as you grow up, it's, it's no, the buddies aren't down the road anymore in the neighborhood or they're not they're not down the hall in the dorms or the apartment complex. So it's just like I said, it's good to see everybody. You miss them. And it was a fun time. What about you? And I mean, anything different? Anything to add? Uh, no, I was kind of with you for all of Saturday. So or well. Not physically with you, but I, I was doing the same thing as you for most of Saturday. So I mean, same thing to report. Uh, it's I don't know. It's something you wish you could do every weekend, like you did, you know, in high school and college. Um, and you're right now. Growing up is part of the like. Uh, that's that's an occasion that only happens, you know, a couple handful of times a year, I guess, if you're lucky. So you know, it, it's appreciating those moments now, uh, and I definitely did. So that's. Great, you know, and as you said, a big Michigan State win. We could talk about that in a second. Um, but other than that, nothing. I continue to read my books uh, for most of the day for law school. Um, I got a midterm. To, well, it's an online midterm that I can take tomorrow or Friday that I got to do. Uh, yeah, uh, so that, 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 that's that been the comeback to reality of my life. So let's get into some sports. Let's get away from the, the, the gist of life of being an adult. Um, I wanted to kind of start things off. I know we've kind of just been hammering football. And for those of you that are football fans, you may may or not like that. No, uh, we're a sports podcast. We're not a football podcast. We're a sports podcast. Football does fall under that umbrella, fortunately, for most people. Um, but let's, we're, we're going to spend a little time talking about some other things happening. There's been some big, big news uh, the NHL and NBA have both started their regular seasons. Uh, I believe the Pistons' first game is tonight as we speak. The Red Wings have already played their first three games. Uh, and then playoff baseball as well. Uh, the Yankees moved on to the ALCS yesterday. Uh, and as we speak, the NLCS is uh, – game two is going on. The Phillies are down to the Padres after winning game one. Um, and then in the ALCS, it's going to be the – Yankees and the Astros for what feels like the 17th year in a row for the last five years, even though it's only been two of the last five, I think I read. I, but if, I read three if, of six. I read three, three of six. six. Okay, so two of five is what I saw. So three of six, but it feels like it's been every year. Um, and it feels like as a Yankees supporter, it feels like another year um, where we just lose to the Astros and they you go think, to another World Series. You think so they're banned in the trash can still? 
Uh, I mean, no, but who knows? I would just be you think juicing baseballs, putting as much pine tar on my arm as possible. Um, the Yankees are at a disadvantage going in. I mean, obviously they play. They went to five games with the I almost said the I word, the Guardians. Um, <laughs> they so dude, I hate this, and I know it's people just making fun of the Yankees, but game I, I believe uh, game five was supposed to be Tuesday. No, sorry, Monday. Uh, got weather delayed, and people were saying that they were. They, it was all the Yankees like pondering a rain delay so Nestor Cortez could throw Game Five. Again, Garrett Cole could throw Game Two if they if they moved on. It's like the MLB makes that decision. That's not the Yankees making that decision. I I hate the Yankees slander to a point. I know we haven't won, but to, since two thousand and nine, I know this team has done nothing and won nothing. Um, but I. I it's the league that makes that decision. And just, it's just me going off on another rant that really doesn't actually mean anything. Uh, they'll play Justin Berlander tonight who always gets rocked in the playoffs. So that's, that's a game one win for the Yankees. Chalk that up. Um, if you're listening on Thursday or Friday, uh, I just predicted the future for you. Uh, so there you go. So that's, that's your baseball recap. Uh, the Red Wings, nice start two Oh and one to start the season. Haven't played anybody. Story so far, I think uh, David Perron looks great. He has, I believe, four points in three games. Uh, and the new addition, Soderblom, uh, six foot eight, the tallest Red Wing ever, uh, six round pick in Siders drafts in 2019, uh, scored hit the first goal of the season for the Red Wings in game one, his first NHL goal. So, congrats to him. Another late round Swede uh, that looks to be promising for the Wings. Uh, they haven't put anybody in. I don't know. I'll give you a more in-depth report once they play more than three games. Uh, NBA, I mean, the Pistons are losing right now. So that's the story. I mean, I was going to say one thing. Do you see the uh, Jakob Rana news? Uh, uh, No. Checking himself into the player assistance program. So he will be be leaving the team for an indefinite period of time. Uh, So Eduardo Rodriguez take two for the Red Wings. Uh, the Red Wings are actually fortunately very depth, deep at forward right now. But they had Philip Zadina, who they drafted six overall in 2018, has a healthy scratch the first two games. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Pius Suter has also been a scratch at some point. So, they, I mean, not – I mean, they're a scratch for a reason. Um, you're also getting Robbie Fabry, who is probably going to play top nine forward at some point, no matter who's in the lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. He won't be back till I believe, the new year. Uh, with an ACL issue. So there, there's some depth there to not worry about. But Vrana uh, picked up in the trade for Manta a couple of years back at the deadline. Uh, has been great when he's played, but hasn't played much. So that's sad to hear. Yep. Yeah, let's, all right. Let's, I know we that was quick cover on some of the other stuff. Uh, given that the, the seasons for the NHL and the uh, – NBA are so long, we might sporadically sprinkle some news in if there's a team surging or a team falling, may or, or if some, something, or something happens. happens but yeah, yeah uh, it'll it'll probably still stick predominantly football based show. But I mean, let's let's start with the college. We'll start with the college game. Uh, I I do want to start with Michigan State because we've been incredibly critical the last four weeks, and it would be incredibly hypocritical of us to not turn around and kind of give them some credit. Um. They played well. That they was, played well. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna not be, or I'm gonna be hypocritical. 
you beat a three and three Wisconsin team at home on homecoming in two overtimes. I okay. It's, I, I let's not that. get ahead of ourselves. I, I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying we're going to walk into Michigan in two weeks and beat them. I'm just saying that when you sit there and all we do is bash them for not being very good, you, you, we do also have to sit there and congratulate them for playing a good game. I mean, Peyton Thorne, twenty-one of twenty-eight, two hundred seventy yards, two touchdowns. That's pretty good. It's not. That's not the the same Peyton Thorne we watched the last couple weeks, where dancing around in the pocket, happy feet, some bad decisions, some bad throws. I mean. It it was a good it's a good game, I, you know. I I was just gonna say, you know, I'm if if we're if at least from my personal perspective, I'm gonna be the first guy to get mad at you when you do something wrong. I I better be the first person in line to kind of clap it off when you do something right, in my opinion. So, fair enough. That's a man of integrity, right there, people. Oh yeah. Um, admitting, uh, giving a team its props. Uh, I mean, I get, I I guess on the positive side when your season is now like it is for Michigan state, you have like the season's beating Michigan. Um, yeah, we got you our go into the bye. Run. you go into the bye week before the Michigan game with a good win, losing streak, four game losing streak over. Um, it's good momentum to give you a chance, but let's talk about them now. I think that's a good segment into their, their win. They absolutely pound Penn state 41 to 17. Um, close game for a while. It just, See, but it really wasn't. It might have been close on the score, but in terms of play, it was never close. The second half, especially, uh, and it, it's one of those things. And I know you can. It's the James Franklin, like they're just suburban in suburban eight and four territory every yep. year. Um, but I also I watch Michigan now the last year and a half. Um, they look and good. It, yeah, they've always gotten those recruits. And this is going to sound tough from a Michigan State fan, but they look – they have the players, the athletes, like the camaraderie, the chemistry. Um, I don't want to say Ohio State, but you said you put Ohio State in the same category as an SEC program. I think Michigan is beginning to look like that, and they look like that this past week. I completely agree. I mean, again – I mean, at halftime, I think they were losing 14-13 at halftime. But this, if you, when you look at the statistics, they uh, Penn State had one first down. Michigan had 16 at the half, and they were still down by one because J.J. kind of threw some freak volleyball interception off a couple kids' helmets. Um, yeah, the second half was complete dominance. That's, that's kind of – I would almost go as far to say that might be the most impressive win of the season since Georgia just destroying Oregon. Yeah. I mean, they was just like you. You sit here, and Penn State came into that game as a top ten team. Were they a top ten team? Who knows? It is the James Franklin effect. He is a psychopath who implodes. But the ranking did say number ten, and they absolutely blitzed and they played really well. Um, Blake Corum is going to have Stud. a oh, he. I mean, he's 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 going to backdoor his way into the Heisman conversation. But like unlike Hutchinson last year, he's going to have deserved it, and he's got a very real shot of actually pulling it off because. I mean, you look around, I feel like at this point, you're kind of down to Hendon Hooker, C.J. Stroud, and Blake Corum, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Bryce Young missed some games, and then they just lost. Um, obviously, it sh- a, a team performance shouldn't affect the individual, and Bryce Young individually has been great, but it does. And so, in my opinion, um, I'll, actually, I'll kind of throw this out before we get to the rest of college football. In my opinion, the winner of the Michigan-Ohio State game 
uh, what is it, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we'll have the Heisman Trophy winner. It's either going to be C.J. Stroud or Blake Corum. And the you don't think Hooker that, has any chance? Well, I was going to say the I had there's one there is one loophole if if Hendon Hooker beats Georgia and Tennessee goes what twelve and zero into the SEC title game, I think it's Hendon Hooker's trophy. But I just don't see it happening. I th- I think so. Does Tennessee play Georgia? Yeah, they're both in the East, right? Or is it Tennessee in the West? Georgia's not in the Georgia's not in the East. Georgia's in the SEC East. That I can promise you that I'm less certain about uh. I'm less certain about uh, Tennessee, if anything. Um, yeah, they're both in the East. They're both in the East. Oh, I'm. Tr- am I tripping? Yes, you are. I think I'm tripping. Yeah, no, so they'll, they'll be they'll be playing each other at some point coming up, and if Tennessee wins that game, I think it's it, it's Hendon Hooker's trophy. There is nothing that anyone else can do. Um, if not, I think the winner of the Michigan Ohio State game will have the uh, the Heisman kind of a Heisman Trophy winner, whether it be Stroud or Corum. But I mean, we did talk about Hendon Hooker. Let's kind of talk about the the kind of the the it game, the the place to be for college football on Saturday, Tennessee Alabama. Um, this was a game where I wish I could have watched more of it. Unfortunately, it was on at the same time as Michigan State Wisconsin. Yeah. And, we were watching at a bar in East Lansing, and a bar, and a bar in East Lansing is going to be showing Michigan State on every TV. So I got to watch a little bit of it. Um, I mean, there was fifty-two forty-nine. That's. Do you remember the good old days of four or five years ago, where the narrative was, "Oh, the Big Twelve doesn't play defense. Every game is forty to 40. And now when the SEC does it, it's like, "Oh, this is the greatest thing ever." You remember that narrative? Yeah, but I it's but it's not because like like Alabama Texas A and M was twenty four twenty the week before like it's it's that's not every game that's that's how those that's how those two teams play in the SEC. I'm just I'm just saying I'm calling out the double standards. I'm a man of integrity. You can't sit there and bash the Big Twelve for not playing defense because the scoreboard looks really high, and then when your scoreboard looks really high, you start giving flowers to the offense. Can't do that. Well. It, I'm also gonna I'm gonna defend the SEC here in that you have the most electric players, offensive players in all of college football. There's a little more of the good offense I think plays into that as opposed to the Big Twelve. Yes, there are good offensive players and good offensive schemes and coaches, but it, there are no good defensive players and no good defensive programs. Fair enough. I'm just I'm just saying I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna I'm gonna call out the double standards, but no. Uh... Go just going back to that game. It was really cool watching the students tear down the goalposts, dragging them over to the river. I think that was so much fun. I was watching videos. Uh, there was one guy who had he had a clip up of the of the president of the school up in one of the boxes. He's already got a lit cigar in hand as the students are pouring down, and they're like, "Well, aren't you gonna try and stop?" He's like, "No, this is awesome." Yeah. And and it just and I sat there and I watched that video. It actually pissed me off. Because I remembered Michigan State last year when we beat Michigan, and we had uh, police officers sitting on the field with rifles, just basically standing there like Mister Mister Big Shot, like try me, and it's like, what are you gonna do, shoot us? And then it just it really disappoints <laughs> yeah. me because like I want to storm the field, and we had an opportunity to storm the field. We beat Michigan, top eight matchup, incredible game, and we we sit here with the men in black on the sideline like try That's- us. Guys. That is the uh, the Midwest versus the South, I think. 
Well, Michigan stormed the field against Ohio State. Not only did they stormed the field, their ah, administration, right. the administration opened the gates for them so that they don't they, they didn't have to jump over. They got to take some steps down to the field. This so just the universe. I so this State is the one. Thing. I hate Michigan State's administration. I actually it was kind of funny. I got a phone call from them because I finally filled out their survey telling them that I'm employed. And and they called me for a donation a couple days later. And I'm not going to yeah. yell at the poor girl who's asking because she's she's just doing her job. So I was like, hey, like, is there a manager I can yell at because I've got a lot of issues with the way you guys did stuff, and there's not a single chance I will donate unless I can air that stuff out and at least you guys can pretend to tell me that you're going <laughs> to listen. And she got me somebody, and I started yelling at him, and I and then I hung up, and I'm never giving them money. But moral of the story. Football, when you allow the kids to have fun, is cool. When you don't allow have, when you don't allow the kids to have fun, you don't have fun, and it's stupid. And I hate Michigan State University. Alabama, what's the outlook now? Do they do they do what they do every year, and this is just the blimp on the radar on the way to another national championship game appearance? I could see um, it. I or mean, is this team different, and that they don't find a way, and they don't find a way to make it? So, back? I, I mean, I could see it. It's Nick Saban. The greatest college coach of all time, one of the best coaches we've ever seen in any capacity. He he figures everything out. He finds ways to make, put his players in places to succeed. But you're right. This team could and maybe should already have three losses. The, the offensive line sucks. I mean, the offensive line cannot block anybody. It looks like it looks like one of the Detroit Lions lines when Stafford was still around. Yeah. He's just running for his life. The, the receivers are not what you've seen the last three, four years. Not to mention, nope. I think the best one, Jermaine Burton, is currently in jail because he assaulted a student on, on the field. Um, nice. Yeah, the, the, the team's got issues. The, the nice thing for them is I think the only thing left in the regular season is to, is to beat Ole Miss the rest of their game. I was, I, yeah, I was going to read you the schedule. It's Mississippi State, who's 24th. They're a 21-point favorite. Um, LSU the next week they're an eighteen point favorite. Um, Ole Miss at Ole Miss. Ooh, that could, seven right now. If it's at Ole Miss, what I think that was at Oxford. Oxford will be bumping. Uh, then they get Cupcake Week in the SEC. They play yep. a f- Austin P. Oh no, uh, Citadel this year. Nope, That's Austin P. Who's who's five and two? Good for uh, Austin. And then they end it with the Iron Bowl like they yep. do every year. Yeah, I mean, they got the Iron Bowl at home this year. That shouldn't be an issue. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I think the only blip possible. I didn't know the Ole Miss game was there. That makes it tougher. Um, that should be a lot of fun to watch. Hopefully Ole Miss can go into that game undefeated themselves. So that kind of sets up a higher ranking, a little bit more stakes, get the crowd involved. But, I mean, yeah, I'm certain, I'm never going to count out Alabama because, yeah, again, you have Bryce Young. He's last year's Heisman winner. He's going to be a top three pick. He's a very good player one of the probably two or three best quarterbacks in college football and quarterbacks win games now. So he, you, I mean, you saw what he did against Texas at the end. He kind of woke up and let a couple of drives to lit, win him that game. So I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, like they're out, but I am in a mindset where I hope they lose another game. And then I, I basically, I just don't want to watch two sec teams in the playoff again. So if, if Alabama is 11 and one going into the, into the SEC title game and then Georgia can beat them, that'll be perfect. Cause in my opinion, so here's an hypothetical that you mentioned the two SEC teams, possibly since there's kind of three teams in the race in the SEC this year, 
Yep. Is this the year that maybe only one can get in because they they they're all gonna have to play each other? Yep. Yeah. I I I I do. So does that open up the opportunity then? Obviously, I think TCU is the undefeated team in the Big Twelve. UCLA in the Pac-12. I have huge doubts either of those teams go undefeated, yep. even if the schedule is, is a cupcake. Huge doubts. So, obviously, that can't happen. Is this the year the Big Ten gets two teams in? Does the loser – if Ohio State or Michigan loses a dogfight nail-biter game in overtime, does one of them slide in? It's possible. Obviously, you have to see what happens in the in the two kind of conferences. You have to hope they produce a two-loss champion to knock themselves out. I think we're kind of at a point where I think we're assuming Clemson might be undefeated going into it. Um, so I think you would want Clemson because I think you're going to – so say one SEC team, you want Clemson, That that's one. Yep. Uh, and we're going to say the other two SEC teams are out. And we're gonna say a one loss, maybe a one loss TCU, and a one or and like a two loss UCLA. I if think you got it through them. Um, the, your issue is you're neglecting if Tennessee goes eleven and one and they play a nail biter game against Georgia, let's say, or the other way around. Right? How can you not? How can you sit there and say, oh, Michigan at eleven and one with no conference champion, or Ohio State with eleven and one with no conference champion deserves to be in, but that other SEC East team doesn't? So I think so. The three teams, the three teams might work even worse. No, yeah, if they all beat each yeah. other. They'll all be one loss, and they'll pick two SEC one-loss teams. So I, I think for the Big Ten to get two teams in, you have to probably set up – and like, I think that'd be so much fun. I, I would love to see yeah. that. You know, enough of this Southern domination. Screw that. Let's bring football north of the Mason-Dixon line again. But um, Hey, we uh, had Cincinnati in it last year. Oh, yeah, good for them. Uh, <laughs> great. Uh, no, so I like I said – I think the Pac-12 and the Big 12, I think you need a, to produce a two-loss champion. If you produce a one-loss, you cannot have a 12-1 team that's a conference champion get in over an 11-1 team that isn't. And if you do, that's when you just throw the committee away. Yeah, um, it's just – it would be so unfortunate. I know it would be great to see new teams. I would hate to see it be Georgia – Ohio State, TCU, UCLA, and both. I know already the playoff games are blowouts, and we watched two forty-seven to seven playoff games. I, I mean, I could see it happen. It's just, I don't know. It, it it's one of those where I don't want to sit here and play the hypothetical game because there's still way too many variables way that too have to much. play out, and there's way like you said. I mean, we're looking at a possibility of. I was looking at a picture. There's a possibility of like I think ten teams that still have an incredibly realistic shot, and it's like just let them play each other, let them knock each other out, and then maybe we revisit this in three, four weeks when the hypothetical stop being so hypothetical and there's a little bit more realistic paths. Right. I mean, hey, we yeah. keep talking about Michigan. For all we know, we walk into Ann Arbor in ten days, play our Super Bowl, and uh oh. Do you want to hear? You want to hear news I just got for, on the telly? Sure. You might have already knew this. That game at the big house is the primetime night game at 730. Yeah, that, that's actually good for that's, us. You know why, right? You think, oh, the last time. Hopefully no, it rains again. last time. Michigan has never beaten Michigan State under the lights. They've only played once, but they've never done it. That's the only time, 2018? 2017 was the only yeah. true night game. I mean, like we, we've had 330 games that go into night because 
it, it just works out that way. But I'm talking pure primetime night game. They're 0-1 against us. History, there you go. History always repeats itself. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a Michigan State dub. Do you want to hear what the spread is on that game? Probably minus 18. Uh, wait, my app doesn't have it. I just sandbagged you. Uh, I mean, I actually, I actually don't think I've seen a line for it yet, but I'm almost positive that it involves. You Michigan. want to play guess the spread? I mean, I, I would, I would assume they throw it around like 17 and a half, 18. I have my opinion. So, what was Ohio State 27? Yes. I'm gonna go a nice even. Well, see, it's not gonna be as high because of the rivalry game. Like it, like. Them killing us will be 20 points as opposed to 40 yep. against the non-rival. Like, I think it's going to be a nice even minus 19.5. They're going to make you pick 20 or less. I could see it. Um, you know, but it should be interesting. Um, I don't know. In terms of, like, the rest of college, I don't think there was anything really noteworthy. Um, Oklahoma State lost. Cool. Um I mean, Syracuse is still undefeated. Good for them. They play Clemson next week, but cool, whatever. Yeah, it's it's another like uh, kind of good game for Clemson to put on their resume to pretend they played people. Yeah, I, I am convinced the ACC is a little fraudulent since they have a bunch of ranked teams, but none of them really seem to do anything. No. Uh, so you want to quickly – I mean, we don't have much NFL to get to today. Let's Let's quickly run through that. I see. I mean, I feel like we can we can talk a little about the NFL. I, was, I know I was talking to you this before we started, but like, yeah, let's start about the games that actually played, and then let's start about the teams that didn't play. Um, the the one I want to start with real quick is uh, the Baltimore Ravens, because the Baltimore Ravens have three losses this year, and in all three of those losses, they've blown a ten point lead or a ten plus point lead in the fourth quarter. That is not okay. Uh, if you're if you're Lamar Jackson in a contract year, trying to hold out for more money, that is not a good way to get more money. You got to finish those games. You got to get a first down. You got to kill the clock. Which is uh, sad too, because he had such a great start. I feel oh like yeah, his first three, three games. games. I mean, even though they lost the second game against the Dolphins, but he was dropping. I mean, it was it was like he had, he had accounted for more touchdowns than every other team in the league. He he yeah. was on fire. Uh, another team falling from grace, I think, is the Miami Dolphins. Um, they're having issues keeping the same quarterback through a game. I believe yeah. it's the third week in a row that they've done that. Yeah, um, I don't want to. The Mike McDaniel swagger doesn't look the same. We'll just say that. I mean, I I know what you're saying. My only argument is I want to see what they look like when they have someone not named Skylar Thompson throwing the football during a game. Obviously, you mean Bridgewater's a capable QB, but if I remember correctly, Bridgewater didn't even finish the Jets game. He got knocked right. out there. And then yeah. last week against the Dolphins, yeah, I, I, you're right. Yeah, they, they started out, what, 2-1, and one, win over the Dolphins, or the Bills, which was like seen as the victory because the Bills looked unstoppable. And then they've kind of followed it up with three straight losses. Um and that's tough, but again, the quarterback's hurt. I know two has been practicing. I think they cleared him a couple days ago or a week ago at this point. So he's getting ready. I, I just I want to see what they look like when Tua comes back. Good for them. Their next two games are against some pretty mid-teams called the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Detroit Lions. So they do have a little bit of time to figure it out. Can get back up to five and three. And oh wait, they play the Bears the week after that. So I mean 
the Dolphins go. might be able to, to sleepwalk their way to six and three and start looking a little fierce, but you're right. Lost some games. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, a team you mentioned, which kind of is going to segue into what I want to talk about, about, about the NFC, uh, the Steelers up big, one of the bigger upsets with the Bucks beating the Bucks. The Bucks are bad. Tom Bucks Brady's are cooked. bad. Tom Brady yep. looks. It's official. It's uh, we've been saying it probably the last four years. Every time he has one <laughs> bad game, like a decade. But it, it, it is it is it. I think it's time. I think it might be time. See the issues is, again. We're saying this, but then we're gonna blink, and then our kids are gonna be turning fifteen, and Tom Brady's still gonna be throwing touchdowns. We're crazy. <laughs> I, I think this is it. I, <laughs> I, I think it is. I've been saying it probably the last, since he's been on the Bucks and probably his last two years on the Patriots, the last six years probably. But I'm saying this is the year. I'm just at this point on October 19th. This guy ruined a marriage with Giselle, is putting his kids through divorce all to be three and three. That's yeah. not okay. But, okay, now that we but, say that, they're going to rattle off like 10 straight wins. See, but I, I like the defense isn't the same. The old line doesn't look good. None of the receivers stay healthy. Like I don't, I don't know. The, the team doesn't scare me. Another team in the NFC that's supposed to be good that doesn't scare me that another bad loss is the Green Bay Packers. Oh yeah, they look. They don't look like they, they like they're supposed to be this team that's gonna like have good defense and maybe Aaron Rodgers come like will win you the game late. The defenses look very mid at best. Aaron Rodgers has been fine to be honest, but he can't do it all on his on his own. Like Aaron Jones and Aaron his two only weapons are his two running backs. And I mean neither of them have been anything near elite, but AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are his only weapons. They have no one he's no one to throw the ball yeah, to. No, so it's actually uh you mentioned the Aaron Jones thing. It's uh, I I am a fantasy owner of Aaron Jones in one of my leagues that I take a little bit more seriously. And I kind of look at it and it's funny. I always watch all like the kind of the news around him. Aaron Jones is funny because week one he touched the ball like six times and uh Matt LaFleur came on the camera or on the camera for post game and he was like that's not acceptable. I gotta be better. And then the next week, they actually gave him the ball, and they won, which was crazy. And then the week after that, and after that, they gave him, like, eight touches again. And they were like, oh, that's unacceptable. I got to do better. And then they didn't do anything about it, I'm pretty sure. And I mean, I know the Packers have three losses. Uh, They were the three and three. I want to say after at least four of the games they've had so far, they are like, well, we got to be better. We got to get the ball to our playmakers. Aaron Jones is our skill player. We got to get him the ball. And they never do. It's almost like Dan Campbell saying, oh, I got to be better and then going to take a timeout when he doesn't have one. Yeah, it's – and Aaron Rodgers has kind of made some sassy comments about how, like, everybody needs to be better, including the coaches. Um, I mean, it's pretty clear how he feels about the, the LaFleur and the coaching staff, I think. I don't know, like – it's almost like Dan Campbell to the point where he's like done some. Obviously, he's a better coach than Dan Campbell, but he's done some things that I think Aaron Rodgers is in the right to have some criticism and skepticism. Oh, about I mean, it. absolutely. Um, Aaron Jones cannot. If Aaron Jones is one of the better quote unquote skill position players in football, whether it be running or catching, I mean, I want to say average wise, he he's one of the top three or four backs in yards per carry. He's got good hands for a running back. I mean, if you, I'd put him up there with McCaffrey as one of the better receiving backs in the league. You cannot – there is zero excuse to give that man less than 10 to 15 touches a game. 
Absolutely none. Like, I get it. You want to take him out on the goal line because A.J. Dillon is built like a mountain? That's I understand that. I don't I don't like it as a fantasy owner. I want my touchdown production, but I understand right. it. The dude's name is Quadzilla. I he's got he's got quads bigger than my future. I get it. He's a beast. But to only give him seven, five, eight touches, that's that's criminal. And they should try him in front of it. They should try him for war crimes because you can't do that. Right. That's right. And here we are. The probably most people's two favorites. Um, three and three, and you have in the NFC, you have the Eagles, who people thought were good, but at six and oh now, you have the Giants at five and one. You, I, you have the Cowboys, who are yep. also playing good football, four and two, right? Uh, four and two, and I believe you have the Vikings at four and two. So, like, uh, like teams the Vikings that are, are four and one, I believe four and one, my bad, maybe five okay. and one, even now because they don't play that, they don't play next week, so they might be they might be five and one at this point. Yeah, the Vikings are probably so, yeah. So it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Your your two preseason favorite, or I guess even three preseason favorites. Everyone was talking about Packers, Bucks, and Rams. They all yeah. cooked. The uh, Rams have one receiver, and for some reason, he still catches the ball fifteen times a game. They can't yeah. block. Stafford's elbow is I, shot. Yeah, whatever they said. Oh, Stafford's dealing with some injury this offseason. Like that. That looks serious. He looks terrible. Uh, that could be one of the greatest fantasy moves for me to get rid of Safford after week one in fantasy <laughs> football and pick up Jalen Hurts. I paid a good chunk of ch- – I want to say I paid Stafford at a first for him. Oh, that's a great deal. But, yeah, that's a – looking back on it, that was yeah. – saved my, my mediocre team no, season. And, um, the, the defense loses Von Miller, so obviously – Von Miller is not what he was at Denver, but he's still a very good player. You watch him impact an, an incredible amount of football games for Buffalo. You lose Von mm-hmm. Miller, that doesn't help. So, yeah, no, the, the, again, the three preseason favorites that everybody had in the NFC all look – they all look like they're in the – they're all – they look like they're in Philadelphia's shadow. Oh, uh, I know mm-hmm. you – I know I know your Giants are 5-1. and one, yep. but Given the amount of actual talent on that roster, I can't sit here and call them some favorite yet. I – it's just one of those where I'm, I'm not no. going to doubt you, but I will always have that like in the back of my mind lingering saying, but he's well, throwing okay. to Richie James. So here's what I'm going to say about the Giants, and it's going to segue in us to us to our team that didn't play this week. Brian Dable was a first-year coach. This team was not set up to win. Daniel Jones is in the fifth year of that. They didn't give Daniel Jones his option. They have to decide after this year if he's the guy. So they have the option to totally ditch the quarterback, have no quarterback, have nothing, go into Dable's second year, fresh start, be nothing. What has Ryan Dable done? He's he's won five games out of six. You know how many Dan Campbell has won trying to change the culture and trying to do the exact same thing? He's won four. But he's played 30. But he's played 30. Extra 16 games, 17 games now. Extra 18 games. They had a bye week. And he still has less wins than Brian Dable. I don't care what – there is something to say for liking to play with the guys, but you, him players wanting to play for him. Sorry, I can't got that backwards. But Brian Dable is a good coach, and he knows how to win without talent. And at the end of the day, yes, guys want to want to play for Brian Dable, clearly. Guys want to play for Dan Campbell. But Dable has proven that he's a good coach with a good system, that all he needs is guys to 
play be the chess pieces for. You want you want to know a really good quote? You want to know the best way to establish a winning culture? Win the game. Oh yeah, I like playing for I like playing for Dan Campbell. He wears a bicycle helmet. He goes to the Tr Detroit Grand Prix. Cool. He doesn't he doesn't win anything. It's in Detroit I mean, Grand Prix. Where'd that come from? Oh, back in July, he showed up to a press conference wearing a motorcycle helmet because he was like the honorary starter for the Detroit Grand Prix in Belle Isle. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. He's he's like he's like Jim Harbaugh the early years where he's taking like satellite camps to the south and he's going over to Italy and in Greece. Except unlike Jim Harbaugh, he's winning even less than he was at the, at the beginning. Jim Harbaugh at least had winning records, but that that's not comparable. Different, incredible. Incre just that's just Vladdy's anger. Um, I mean, let's let's segue to some other teams that were supposed to be bad. With my air quotes, the people won't be able to see. Um. Seattle Seahawks were supposed to be the worst team in the league. It was supposed to be open tank season for a quarterback. Guess what Geno Smith has done? He's won three games. He beat you. You didn't even make him punt. And guess what? I mean, what? Seattle doesn't have a lot of talent. I mean, yeah, we know Pete Carroll's a pretty good coach. We do know that. I mean, college, NFL, he's won at both levels. But the Seahawks aren't running around with talent. Jamal Adams died in week one. Their, their running back just died. I mean, they got a good one coming. They had a great one coming in. Shout out, K-9. But I don't... I mean, if, if, I've, if I've heard correctly, they start rookies at both tackles. Their defense, is, their defense is non-existent. Bobby Wagner doesn't play there anymore. Mm -hmm. Legion of Boom has been gone for four or five years. I don't know who plays defense on the Seahawks. But they still no, win football to... games. Yeah, and they've won football games. You know, a team that after another primetime debacle is would probably like to be back in Seattle. And his name is Russell <laughs> Wilson. That's a team that was supposed to win and had a lot of expectations coming in that has just yikes. That's all I'll say about that is another week, another bad primetime performance by Russell Wilson. Um, obviously saying he's hurt. Who knows how true that is? It could be very true. It could be not true at all. But my God, has he proven to not be a match in Denver? It, that so might far. go down. That might go down as like one of the worst trades in sports history. That'll be right up there with like the Brooklyn Nets trading away their future to the Celtics for what was left of Pierce and Garnett's bodies. Yeah, that that might go up. That might be that. up there with the, like what the Ricky Williams trade, where whoever it was, I think it was the Saints gave away their entire draft to move up a couple spots for a running back. I mean, that just obviously, and the worst thing is they're completely tied. It's not like you can draft somebody else. You have no first or second round picks. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny because it's a team that hasn't been able to figure out the quarterback position since Peyton Manning won them a Super Bowl. And you finally get your guy, a guy who's a proven franchise guy, and he looks like he should have been out of the league three years ago I mean, as yeah, soon as he comes over. I mean, he's missing throws. He's not even looking at certain players. I remember they. Sh I, I saw some tweet, and it's like he's got tight ends that are just sitting there on like a checkdown with nobody. They, it looks like the. It looks. It looks like the Detroit Lions secondary is covering him, just sitting there social distanced, and he like he doesn't even look at him. He just forces some throw down the field to Jerry Judy into double coverage, and it's he's lucky it's not intercepted every time. Yeah, he 
Russell Wilson's looked terrible. Uh, the Broncos, their defense look, looks really good, though. I mean, every game they play, as bad as their offense is, is close because their defense holds the other team to about 17 points. It's just the issue is the Broncos score 15 a game, and 15 is less than 17, so you're not going to win a lot like that. Yeah. Do we want to talk about more teams that were supposed to be bad that are actually good just to really drive in like the like the conversation topic of how I don't think Dan Campbell's the dude? Yeah, there's two more, I think. Yep. Um, the Atlanta Falcons yep. and the uh, we're three and three in the New York football Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, are four and two. And um, let's start with the Falcons. They've got Marcus Mariota playing quarterback. That Ooh. is not a franchise guy. That is that is a fringe bridge QB at this point in his career. I uh, they're uh, on defense. They got AJ Terrell and ten pieces of wood. Their best receiver is a rookie. Kyle Pitts plays left tackle now. <laughs> They've got more wins than you. How is this? Cordell possible? Patterson's been on the is on the IR half the year. Who? Cordell Patterson, well, yeah, running yeah, back. Cordero Patterson, there's kind of starting gadget, running back, receiver, combo guy. Been dead for half the year. They got more wins. The Jets didn't have a quarterback for four weeks. They were playing with Joe Flacco. Do you understand? Joe Flacco wasn't good at football in 2012. It is 10 years later, and he's still playing somehow and winning more games than you. Uh, I, you know how much – Joe Flacco has more Super Bowls than anyone in that Lions locker room, so I, I'd be careful what you say. Joe Flacco might be the worst quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yes. What, maybe Trent Nick Foles won a Super Bowl in our lifetime. I mean, the I don't necessarily know if I'm going to count Nick Foles considering he played four games. Like, yeah, he was the starter for that, but – he didn't. He didn't lead the Eagles to that thirteen and three season. Carson Wentz did before he died. I, 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 I know what you're saying. I just don't know if I can count that because okay. because of the sample size. But no, I mean, yeah, the Jets. Oh, who do the Jets have? Makai Becton hasn't played because he died in training camp. That's their best offensive lineman. You know what I'll tell you that they do have is an electric run game. Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Yeah. Great duo. It, no, it's a great, like a great combo. So of, great combo with run and catch. Um, I mean, even though Brees Hall can do both, they kind of – I feel like Brees Hall's almost – I mean, I was looking at his numbers. It's like 10, 12 targets a game. It's like Najee last year before people figured out Najee wasn't very good. So, it's interesting to me. That's The Jets' strategy of going back-to-back years drafting a running back was interesting. And it's kind of paid off here. I know we're well, very early on. on wasn't that. Michael Carter like a fourth round pick though? Wasn't he kind of later? Yeah, but I don't know. Fourth round's the second round for a running back. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you could. You, but yeah, you're right. Because like, unless you're Saquon Barkley, you're not even going to sniff the first. You're right. I, I that is an interesting tradition. I don't necessarily hate it. I mean, when I think teams or may, maybe teams are starting to realize that you can't have an rb1 and that's it you need it has yeah. to be by committee now i think teams are starting to like fully get understand that concept and i think you're going to start seeing teams draft running backs even though oh you've got deandre swift guess what i'm going to draft a running back yeah i mean think about you know, the lions have basically drafted a running back every other year and that's not out of the Jets' strategy it's out of that they just haven't worked out yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Carry on Johnson, Amir Abdullah. Carry on Johnson. 
Kerryon Johnson was a second round pick. Remember that? He was, yeah. No, it's it's tough. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is, I mean, what's Brad Holmes doing? Uh, he's worrying about the draft, man. <laughs> yeah, but okay, but like we can like we're 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 rightly bashing on Campbell because he doesn't understand how to like manage a game, but Campbell about- only does so much when it comes to putting the team together. Campbell's not the general manager. Brad Holmes is. Yeah, it was the same problem. I mean, we've already said this a hundred times this year, but you had a whole offseason to fix the worst defense in football as and they a general did manager. They they actually like I when I say they did nothing is I mean literally. They 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 signed zero people in free agency. Like they like they're the Green Bay Packers ten years ago who were like, We're gonna build through the draft. It's like, are you? Are you really gonna build through the draft? And then this, like, I mean, Brad Holmes was like, he was supposed to be this guru for for draft picks, and he was supposed to find guys everywhere. He keeps drafting injured players. I don't know if this is on purpose. Like, like it's not like the guys get hurt in training camp either. They're in physical therapy the night of the draft because they have to uh, rehab an ACL, and he's sitting there like, I want you, and I want you. He's like, he's like Oprah Winfrey, just giving away places to dudes who are hurt. It, it, can you pick? Can you pick a guy in the first two rounds that's going to play this year, Brad? Please. And I might even include Aiden Hutchinson in this. He hasn't played much this year, has he? I don't know. I haven't really seen him. No, I, I, <laughs> no see, Aiden. I, I, I'm honestly, I give him a lot of credit. Like this man, he's like, I think he told his family he was going to be a ghost for Halloween, and he's just like, he's like really in character. He's just really being a ghost for Halloween. Yeah, he's a pretty damn October. good ghost. And it's it's interesting that he's only a ghost on a football field. Then he changes out of his costume. Hey, but he's a really good singer. That that way, was it Billy Jean? Oh my god, dude, Rand, You know, remember remember Randy Jackson? He'd have been like, "That's going to be a yes for me, dog." If they mm-hmm. if they saw they saw Aiden Hutchinson perform Billy Jean. Oh, I can't believe I just let myself get worked up on a bye week. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good for the Lions. We don't know if they're gonna they're the, they play the Cowboys on Sunday. They're a seven point dog. That's... Oh, our schedule our schedule is brutal. We just played the easiest part of our schedule, and we're one and four. Four. We actually have to start playing real quarterbacks now, not just bridges. So, do you know what the schedule is like long term? I just saw Cowboys. Oh, I do. Um, the next four games are Dallas Cowboys. Miami Dolphins, Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears. Yeah. And then after that, I believe it's the Thanksgiving game against the Bills. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got the Giants in there before the Bills. Oh, good for the Giants. And then you play the Jaguars. I mean, two and four, but they're solid now. Then you go Vikings, Jets, Panthers, Bears. I mean, it's weird now looking back because, like, that really easy schedule. You have now. You have the Jets and the Giants, yeah, and you're the like Jets and the those Giants aren't pusher. And I, I'd even say the Jaguars. Like, the, Jag- the Jaguars are two and four. We're we're at a point where the only games that are left where I would give the Detroit Lions higher than a fifty percent chance to win are the two Bears games and the Panthers. Yep. Those are the only two games left on the schedule, unless I'm magically missing something. Where I would say. You have a better chance of winning than losing. Everybody else, I mean, with Giants on the road, Jets on the road, so it's not like you can rely on home field advantage for that. Then, like those, and I, mean, I guess you have the Jaguars at home. Maybe I'll call that a toss-up just because I have to. I feel yeah. bad. I got to give us something. No, it's just 
it, it's disappointing that we went through the worst part of our schedule and we absolutely soiled ourselves. Oh, you I had, don't even. You had a good stat. Tell them the stat. Tell the people the stat. All right. So, you know, sometimes you lose a bye week. Sometimes you win it. Sometimes you lose it. You may not know what I'm thinking about, but here's the stat that proves the Lions lost their bye week. The Lions, even after a bye this past week, have still given up the most points in football. That's right, folks. Most teams have played a full another game than the Lions, and the Lions are still in dead last in points allowed. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I don't want. I don't like this anymore. Please get better. I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean. I, I can't sit here and get get annoyed, especially on a bye week. Like if we had played this week and we watched like some misery, yeah, that would have been one thing to get up here and have my blood pressure and voice raise themselves, but it's not worth it. Yeah. So let's just call it a day on the lions. Let's go. Yeah, let, let's call it a day on the lions is right. Um you got anything else? I mean, both of both of our both college teams in the state are on bye weeks this week, which I guess is a little disappointing on my part because I thought that we would be on a bye and Michigan would have a game and that would be a little help to us, but they're on a bye week too, which is not good for us. Um, other than that, though, I mean, in terms of local teams, we have to go to the Cowboys after a bye week. I believe the kids call that a loss. Um I don't know. Oh, the kids call it these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, they call they call it Micah Parsons three sack game. Oh, I mean, I don't know. It's it's just one of those where it'll be nice to kind of get all the all of our local teams in football's bye weeks out of the way after next week's episode, and then we can kind of have more of a actual on field analysis as opposed to just yelling about off field stuff. Um, or stuff that happened around the league that, like, indirectly correlates to the Detroit Lions or any of the college teams around the state. But I don't, I, I don't have anything else to add. Uh, I think we've, this has actually been a longer recording than previous ones, so good for us. Yeah, bringing you the content. There you go. No, no more thirty-minute episodes. We're going back up to an hour. Is that where we're at right now? Uh, I might, hour, almost. Yeah. Probably fifty minutes right now, but all right. I'm I'm gonna say I have I, I don't really have much else to say to everyone around here. If you're if you're still out there golfing, as Connor would say, hit them straight. I'm gonna steal your line there, Connor. I'll let you kind of get the last words, and then we will see everyone in a week. I mean this this crazy crazy guy just stole my saying. So I'm just gonna say goodbye. Uh, if you made it this far in the episode, hugs and kisses. <laughs>